Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Maine Education Matters. My name is Matt Drewettcard. I will be your host for this particular episode. Today, I want you to sit back and relax. Just, if you're driving, take it easy a little bit. Don't take your eyes off the road, keep your hands on the wheel, but let me do the talking for a little while, because today, I'm going to walk you through Maine's path of legislation. That's right. Put your earbuds in, put your favorite candles on. If you have one of those salt lamps, go ahead and light that thing up. Maybe put on a little bit, a little bit of, or put a little bit of aromatherapy into the air. Smells good, doesn't it? So sit back and relax, because this is going to put you to sleep. This information is courtesy of the Maine House of Representatives. You can find it on their website, legislature.maine.gov. It is under um, the documents section. If you go to the top of the page and click documents, you'll find something that says path of legislation. And that's what I'm going to be reading from today. This information was produced and distributed under the direction of the clerk of the house and the secretary of Senate. And as it is public domain, I'm going to read it and we're going to walk through. The purpose of this is to help you, my fellow faithful 17 listeners, to understand the Maine's path of legislation and what better way to do it than through a podcast. The first stage is the development of an idea. Quote, a legislator decides to sponsor a bill, sometimes at the suggestion of a constituent interest group, public official, or the governor. A legislator may ask other legislators in either chamber to join as co-sponsors. That's where legislation begins, folks. The idea. Some inspiration comes into their head. Next thing you know, you might have a title of something. The next stage is drafting of the bill. Quote, at the legislator's direction, the reviser's office, Office of Policy and Legal Analysis, and Office of Fiscal and Program Review staff provide research and drafting assistance and prepare the bill in proper technical form. Ideas for bills come from many, source, many different sources. The legislators, legislative committees, study groups, lobbyists, public interest groups, municipal officials, the governor, state agencies, and individual citizens, and in some cases, the person or group requesting the legislation may have already drafted a bill. In most cases, however, the legislator turns to a legislative staff office for bill drafting assistance. All legislation, regardless of where initially drafted, is processed and prepared for introduction by legislative staff in accordance with standards established by the reviser of statutes. There will be bill sponsors. A bill may be introduced pursuant to authorizing law or resolve, but in other cases, a bill must have a legislative sponsor. A bill may have up to 10 sponsors, one primary sponsor, one lead co-sponsor from another chamber, and eight co-sponsors from either chamber. 
The co-sponsor of a duplicate or closely related bill may also be added as a co-sponsor if he or she agrees to withdraw the duplicate bill, even if this makes the total number of sponsors more than 10. In addition to introducing their own legislation, legislators may act as sponsors for bills proposed by other people or groups. Usually, legislators support bills that they sponsor. They may, however, introduce a bill by request as a service to their constituents when they do not fully support the purpose of the measure. And finally, in this last stage of drafting the bill, they actually draft the bill. They have their idea, they've written a title for it, and now they put Once the language is written, the bill is introduced. The revisor's office gives the bill to the clerk of the House or the secretary of the Senate. The bill is then numbered. A suggested committee recommendation is made and the bill is printed. The bill is placed on the respective body's calendar. The joint rules require the sponsor and co-signers to sign the bill or provide changes within deadlines established by the presiding officers. Once the bill has been introduced, it gets referenced to committee. Now, the secretary and clerk suggest the committee of reference. This is where things get interesting, because sometimes you might have a bill that says, oh, we're going to talk about educator, and we're going to talk about the way that unions, for example, interact, and the rights that unions have, teachers unions have, with school within school districts. That makes sense to go to the, possibly the education committee. But depending on the secretary and the clerk, they are they might suggest it goes to the department of labor committee so they are the ones who decide where it goes and really what it comes down to is the way that the language is written the way that the language has been drafted will help guide the secretary of senate or the clerk of the house to determine which committee it goes to and when the secretary and the clerk disagree on the suggested committee of reference, they refer the matter to the president and the speaker. And if the latter disagree, the legislative council resolves the question. The suggested reference is made to the committee that seems most appropriate based on the bill's subject matter. For example, most bills that deal with utilities are reviewed by the committee on utilities and energy. But as I've mentioned before, it could go to a different place. And that's how some bills on education, for example, can slide through and get completely unnoticed by the Education Committee if they go to the Labor or the Judiciary or the IDEA committees. If you are still awake, honk your horn. If you just honked your horn, I love you. If you're not in the car and you are unable to honk a horn, Please make a honking sound with your mouths at this point if you are still awake. If you have made a honking sound, if you are in a private place, know that I love you. But if you are in a public place and you loudly made a honking sound, know that I don't only really love you, but I cherish you. And if you want my love and cherishing, which I don't know why you would, but if you do, and you're in a public place and you didn't publicly honk and you say, I immediately regret not honking like I should have, like I want to, please take the opportunity and do so now. After the bill has been introduced, it goes to the committee. 
The bill is referred to one of the joint standing or joint select committees in the originating branch and then sent to the other body for concurrence. There are different types of House papers and Senate papers that are designed for different purposes. Among these are bills, expressions of legislative sentiment, memorials, orders, resolutions, resolves, and constitutional resolutions. The discussion here focuses primarily on the particular form of paper called a bill. A bill, if enacted, becomes a state law. Now, the legislative process is primarily concerned with the drafting, consideration, and enactment of bills. When it goes to the committee, the committee takes action on it. It's scheduled by the chairs. The committee conducts a public hearing where it accepts testimony, supporting and opposing the proposed legislation from any interested party. And notices of these public hearings will be printed, newspapers, websites, statewide distribution. I would strongly recommend going to the Education Cultural Affairs Committee and getting on their list serve so that you know what bills are coming out you can see. So if you want to decide to either provide testimony or listen to testimony, because they, do, they do stream those things as well. And they keep record of them. And they keep record of them going back years and years and years. If you wanted to go back several years and listen to some incredibly detailed and rich and... What's the word I'm looking for? Wacky testimony given on the on areas like vaccinations, for example. Immunizations. There's been lots of that over the years. When it goes to committee, it is distributed to the members. They're available to the public beforehand. They have a, and there's a public hearing, usually held in the committee rooms. Um, the public hearing is presided over by a committee chair and allows legislative sponsors to explain the purpose of the bill. And citizens, state officials, and lobbyists express their views on the bill. Usually the bill's sponsor testifies first, followed by any co-sponsors, other proponents of the bill. Then they'll take opposition, the opposing side of it, listen to people who are against it, and then they'll listen to people who are neither for nor against, who might just be bringing in some valuable information. If you find this podcast interesting, number one, why? Number two, I'll be doing another one of these on how to do public testimony. If you've gotten this far and you've heard that, then you'll probably want to listen to that one too. Why? I don't know. But I love you for listening. Go ahead and honk again. After the public hearing comes a work session. Now the difference between a public hearing and a work session is usually the amount of public involvement. Public is allowed to pretty much come in and speak for whatever they want to speak on, say what they need to speak on. If there's a number of people, the the committee chair may institute a time limit for people to speak. But generally speaking, come say what you want. But the work session, you've there's already been the opportunity. Only way public is allowed to speak is if members of the committee ask you to speak. You're either invited in or if you're in the room and you, they happen to know you and they know the expertise that you have, then they can call on you and you can provide support for them while they're making their decisions. The purpose of a work session is to allow committee members to discuss bills thoroughly and vote on the committee's recommendation or report to the legislature. 
it should be noted, they're open to the public. They are you able to listen to. Here's where things get interesting in the, in the, in the process. A bill is drafted, written, presented, sent to the committee. The committee holds a public hearing on that bill. And in the work session for that bill, amendments can be made. Amendments can be made to make a minor adjustment, for example, changing an or to an and. Yeah, we're going through conjunction junction. However, an amendment could be to completely rewrite the bill. That's really important because if it's completely rewritten, this bill has already had a public hearing. There will not be a second public hearing and the public cannot provide commentary or testimony on the newly written amendment and bill which is why it's important to get your testimony in first. Make sure that they hear you loud and clear because once that public hearing is over, there will not be another, and there will most likely not be another opportunity for your voice to be heard. After the new bill, or the new work session, excuse me, comes to a report there's usually a vote on this whether it goes forward or not there will be a couple of different options one option is ought to pass another option is ought to pass as amended ought to pass in a new draft ought not to pass and referral to another committee what you might see is you might see some members of the committee vote ought to pass others vote ought not to pass if a unanimous, a unanimous report means that all committee members agree. And it could be that all committee members agree that it ought, ought to pass, ought to pass as amended, ought to pass a new draft, etc. If committee members disagree about a bill, they may issue a divided report. Usually means a majority and a minority report. One might be ought not to pass, one might be ought to pass as amended. These are options. If an ought to pass, if an ought not to pass report is unanimous, the bill is placed in the legislative file. A letter from the committee chair is conveying this report to the Senate and House calendars, and when that occurs, no further action can be taken by the legislature unless a joint order recalling the bill from the file is approved by two-thirds of the members in voting chambers. If it's recalled, the bill is reconsidered. So the committee can kill it, but the legislature can bring it back if they feel that it needs to come back for some reason. Unless the committee report is unanimous, ought not to pass, a legislator may move at the appropriate time during floor debate to substitute the bill for the report. A majority vote is required for the motion to succeed. Such a motion is usually made only when neither report of a divided report has been accepted. Let's take a moment to breathe. Because there's so much more to go. The schoolhouse rock thing of, you know, I'm, I'm just a bill sitting here on Capitol Hill. They told, it's not just that simple. It doesn't just go to one, to then to the other, then to the other. No, 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 no. When it goes to one of the houses, there's a whole lot of steps that happen. Once it goes to the committee, once it's, um, I'm sorry, it's gone to committee, then the committee reports out on it. 
When the bill is reported to the floor, it receives its first reading, and any committee amendments are adopted at this time. The committee reports the bill to the originating body as it is with amendment, with a divided report, or with a unanimous recommendation of ought not to pass. So, what they then do the first reading, they adopt all the stuff that also happened, they rewrite the bill, including all the new amendments, including all the new things, and then they'll vote on that the second time. bill is received unanimous ought to pass or ought to pass as amended and reward the house of representatives uses a consent calendar which allows bills with either of those reports to be listed to be engrossed for passage after they have appeared there for two legislative days provided there's no objection now a legislator who wishes to delay a bill at any step of the process to get more information or for other reasons may make a motion to table the bill until the next legislative day or some other time a legislator who strongly opposes a bill may make a motion for indefinite postponement. And if the motion to indefinitely postpone is approved, the bill is defeated. The motion requires approval by a majority vote in both bodies to succeed. What now is so that's the first reading. The second reading. The next legislative day, the bill is given its second reading and floor amendments may be offered. When one chamber has passed the bill to be engrossed, it's sent to the other body for its consideration. The House has a consent calendar for unanimous ought to pass or ought to pass as amended bills, which takes the place of first and second readings. There could be a floor debate. We know what that is. We've seen that. If you've watched anything like Seep's ban or anything, then they will vote. That's what they do. They vote on things, right? They'll vote. They'll make amendments. They'll vote on the amendments. They'll go through the Roberts Rules Procedure. This is where things get whatever that's that's all fine once it's gone through one of the houses then it goes to the second chamber it goes to the other house if it's gone to the house it goes over to the senate the bill goes through a similar process in the second chamber the second chamber amends the bill it's then re returned to the first chamber for a vote on the changes it then can be sent to conference committee to work out a compromisable agreeable a compromise agreeable to both chambers a bill receives final legislative approval when it passes both chambers in identical form passage to be in here's where things get all kinds of what's going on with the bill passage to be engrossed after the debating and amending processes are completed a vote is taken in both chambers to pass the measure to be engrossed engrossing means printing the bill and all adopted amendments together in an integrated document for enactment. Putting it all together. Enactment. After being engrossed, all bills must be considered for enactment or final passage. First in the House, then in the Senate. It's usually just a simple majority. There are some exceptions. I'm not going to go into those here because we're just talking about the pathway. It goes from the second chamber passage being gross they put everything together then they go to enact it this the there can be some times when the bill has a different version of itself in the senate and a different version in the house if that happens they create a committee a conference and what they'll do is they'll they'll work on it more or less And if, it, and if they don't get, if they can't come to agreement, then the bill is defeated until a new conference committee is appointed and successfully resolves whatever disagreement is there. Other, another place where this happens, where things get kind of stopped, the legislature agrees, both sides, both parties agree, or both uh, chambers agree, it then goes to the appropriations table. This is a giant table. 
because a lot of things pile up here. Anything that affects state revenues or expenditures fall into a special category. Once bills that affect the general fund or highway fund have been passed to be engrossed in the Senate and enacted in the House, they are assigned in the Senate to the special appropriations table. And then it goes through that next stage of finance funding, whether or not it can work or not, whether it will fit into the budget, whether what, and if it, things don't fit, that's where things can get changed in bills, numbers can get changed, money can get adjusted, increase, decrease, etc. Um, motions can be made in the Senate, usually by Senate chairs of, of appropriations and transportation committees to remove bills from special tables and to enact, amend, or indefinitely postpone them. And if enacted, the Senate bills are sent to the governor for approval, just like all other enacted bills. Any of these bills that fail to be enacted require an amendment in the Senate or return to the House for concurrence. After it's finally passed both houses, it goes to the governor. Governor has 10 days in which to sign or veto the bill. If the governor does not sign the bill and the legislature is in session, the bill after 10 days becomes law as if the governor signed it. But if the legislature has adjourned for the year and the bill does not become law, this is called a pocket veto. If the legislature come, comes back into session, the governor has three days in which to, to deliver a veto message to the chamber of origin or the bill becomes law. This is a political move at some times where a governor might not want to might not want to sign a bill into their act to action, sign a bill into law because it doesn't agree with their political stance or their political party. But it's got unanimous consent in the, in the houses or it's got a whole lot of reasons for it and it's one of those hills that the governor doesn't necessarily want to die on you know, that kind of expression so what they'll do is they'll just sit on it just let it sit at the table after 10 days if the legislature's still in session it becomes law just like that without governor's signature but if but if but if a bill comes to the governor's table like the last couple of days the legislature is in session and the legislature is then out of session the governor can just say hey this is going to expire I'm not going to sign this and then it just goes away and if the legislature comes back legislature comes back then obviously things happen yeah, yeah. once the governor has signed the bill or the bill has become law through without being signed as i just explained the bill becomes a law 90 days after the end of the legislative session in which it was passed, unless it was emergency. A bill can become law immediately if the legislature by two-thirds of each chamber declares that an emergency exists, so that's, that it can become right away, it can happen. That way, if a governor signs the bill in, say, April, it become laws, becomes law right there. Otherwise, that bill does not become law until 90 days after the end of the legislative session. If a bill is vetoed, it will become law if the legislature overrides the veto by two-thirds vote of those members present and voting in each chamber. That's pretty much standard across the U.S. Taking a bill from a simple idea and then a title being written all the way to being a law can take a while. There's a lot of work that happens for one law, for one bill, become a law. A lot of steps. We don't know how many bills will be in this upcoming legislative session. Cloture has not finished yet. It's supposed to end at the end of December. 
But if this is anything like the last session, the hundred, the hundred thirtieth first session, this will be the hundred thirty-first session. If this is the, this is this is anything like the first session of the hundred thirtieth session, where there were over two hundred bills just in education for the Education Cultural Affairs Committee alone that were introduced. We're in for a busy, busy, busy few months. This has been a weird podcast, if I have to say so myself. A deep dive into Maine's path of legislation, and if you are still awake at this point, number one, you must find this fascinating and good for you because I do too. But if you're still awake, you're still driving, you still got your eyes on the road, and you're still going strong. Well, I think you know what to do. Begins with an H, ends in a K, and it's got an on in the middle. I'd like to thank you all for listening. This has been a strange twenty-five minutes, <laughs> to be honest. I didn't know what I was going to do when I started it, and I just kind of started it in this soft voice, and I went with it. So. I will be doing another one of these similar things, whether or not it's the same kind of mode, I don't know, for how to testify. But use this as a reference. Use this as a support for you in order to figure out how do I understand how bills work and where do I fit into this process? Because you do. In particular, you fit in in the areas of the public hearing, the work session, and then working with legislators, talking with legislators, as it's going to the floor, that's where we really—that's where we really have a lot of influence. Once it starts getting into the floor and getting to debate, that's where things get a little bit more crazy in terms of what can we do as the public. But we can have significant influence when it comes to public testimony, and then from there, I'm looking forward to this upcoming session. I'm looking forward to what we have to see there. Well, once the cloture finishes and we have we will get a list of all the bill titles and we'll be meeting our favorite as established many years a couple years ago by lady julie smythe being our favorite character bill titles um mr bill titles as we like to or or general bill i don't know bill titles and we'll have some fun with that to follow us online uh you can follow us on Twitter at at MainEdMatters, Facebook.com slash MainEducationMatters. We should be where most podcasts are at this point. Hopefully we are. And I thank you for listening. My name is Matt Drewettcard. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Drewettcard. And take care. And as always, the honk if you got them. I don't know what that means, but have fun. Thank you for listening.